This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire Pods, search for us on iTunes or check out BlueWirePods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Blue Wire. Young Gunner. What up? It's your boy Ant Wright, your host of Michigan State of Mind. Thank you for listening in. I really appreciate it. Um, eventful week, uh, very eventful week, per usual, per usual on the timeline. Um, let's get right into it, man. So let's talk recruiting, the updates that have been going on there. Um, if you're new here, okay, I'm not here to to rub you down and make you feel good about life. Uh, I'm not here to bash your dreams. I'm just here to kind of just tell it how it is. Very unbiased. Um, but I do want the best for everyone. Just just, under, just understand that. But I am not here to keep your subscription. So I'm going to be very, 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 very blunt and kind of straightforward. Um, let's start with Michigan football recruiting. So, you know, I've talked about it in the past and I will continue to do so. So, um, let's look at recruiting for the 2021 class. The offensive side of the ball has been recruiting very well. And, um, can they recruit better? Yes, but... If these are the guys that that you're that you're pulling in early, hey, great job, awesome job, Gaddis, Warner, um, those guys who are recruiting on that side uh, are doing an amazing job right now. And um, if if you look at the offensive side, the average recruit ranking for the offense, average. All right, is 145. Okay. The average recruit ranking is 145. Now, if we go over to the defensive side, 
that average recruit ranking is 896. That's not how you beat Ohio State. That's not how you compete for a Big Ten championship. Not not a chance. Not a chance. You know what's funny? (laughs) You know what's funny? If you take the offensive recruiting rankings, don't even average them out. Just total them up. It's still 173 spots higher than the defensive side's average ranking. That's amazing. That's really amazing, man. Uh, yeah, that's not how you beat Ohio State. You know, Michigan is number 10 in the ranks right now. I mean, but the average rating is still under under 90. It's like, it's like 89, 75. It is 100% because of the, because of the defensive side of the ball, man. And like I said before, said it once, and I'll say it again, rankings matter. The only people who say that rankings don't matter are teams who don't recruit at a high level. Point blank, period. That's that's just how that goes. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry, actually. That's not at a Big Ten championship level. That's not at a level that's going to get you over the hump against Ohio State, who just, I, I believe they recently got a crystal ball in for... Um, for a five-star wide receiver, if I'm not mistaken. And um, people are like, well, you can't compare yourself to it. Like, yes, 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 you chose the rivalry. You will most definitely compare yourself to them. Look at the NFL draft, bro. And there are some trolly tweets out there trying to get a spark of, you know, you know what they were doing when they were mentioning, you know, who, you know, the highest amount of draftees and all that. Like, ooh, there's no talent gap. You know, some people out there bit and it was like, oh, there's no talent gap. Are you kidding me? How how many of those Ohio State dudes went in day one, day two, compared to Michigan in day two and day three? Like, come on. Come on, man. The first hour of the NFL draft show was nothing but Buckeye dudes. One was Burrow, you know, and uh, I know that he went to LSU, but then it was Ohio State, Ohio State. Then Ryan Day comes on and he, you know, he does his little thing with his forehead and eyebrows. It it, it it felt like a 40-minute-long Ohio State recruiting commercial. That was free advertisement for them. Because that's what everybody wants to watch. They want to see the first few picks, and then, honestly, a lot of the casual fans would have just turned on something else. But they just wanted a little bit of sports. They, they wanted to see who goes first, second, third, fourth, fifth. And then they're like, uh, I'll find out later where everybody else went. In that block where people were itching for sports, 
That's what they saw. They saw Ohio State everywhere. In the world of social media, that matters. That perception matters, man. That perception matters like crazy. More so than if something like that happened 20 years ago. 20 years ago, you know, someone couldn't watch it and then they wouldn't find out for like a few days later and even then it like wouldn't be as impactful. But... In social media, you find out news before, like, at, at the same time as everybody else. Like, in the world of social media, we find out things quicker than the news who it actually affects. Like, we can find out trades before the person who's getting traded ends up leaving. Like, that's social media power. NFL draft, same thing, man. Same thing. All you see is Ohio State. If you're if you're a recruit and you see that, you're just like, man, they're always turning people out. Let's see what their rec- recruiting class looks like. Then they go and they check them out. Like, oh, interesting. They also recruit at a very high level. I'm the number two player in the class in this position. They don't even have that position locked up yet. Let me reach out. Let me send an email. Let me make some phone calls. Let's see if they want to recruit me too. They just stole like a mid-200 ranked recruit um, from some team. I think it was stolen from like Oklahoma. Um, Let me... Go and look right quick, because this is off the cuff. Jansen Dunn, I believe. Jansen Dunn was ranked 248, and everyone had him going to Oklahoma. Everyone. And he was going to go to Oklahoma, and then Ohio State wanted him. And then he switched up as soon as they called. He switched immediately. Like, they're just picking and choosing at this point. This is an athlete. This is a 6'2 guy who could play pretty much on either side. It is, it, I mean, something something has to happen, whether you develop these guys. Um, and I'm not really, I'm, you know what? Like, I'm not concerned about offense. Just going to say it, not concerned. They could put up 50. But I fully believe that the defense will put up, will give up 60 plus, and it doesn't even matter. To have a chance, you gotta have a you, you gotta have a stout front seven. I know the outside guys matter, but without pressure on the quarterback, without pressure on the running game, those corners have no chance either way. Either way. And I am a football casual, as you guys know, but I understand dynamics and I understand sports altogether. Uh, you have to make things hard for you have to make things harder for the quarterback and up front. If you make things harder for them, those guys can't beat you downfield. Basketball analogy to show why why I can see that. If there's a if there's a big man who's killing you, killing you down low, how does a big man get the ball? He gets the ball from entries from the outside. How do you prevent? Now it's like, okay, we can't stop him, but we can prevent or make that entry really, really tough. Let's get out. 
let's pressure a lot more. Let's let's make them start their offense at 30 feet and not 23 feet. That seven feet's huge. Let's trap and let's quicken the game to make them miss the big guy and play a different type of game. That's what I'm saying. Same thing in football, man. If you can't control, if you can't control the line of scrimmage, you can't. Con- if you can't control the court, they're just gonna go crazy on you. I don't know what's happening, but something needs to change, man. One hundred percent. Mel Tucker is still going hard, but it's a shame what D'Antonio did to that pro program, dude. Twenty fifteen, and you you know as much they accomplished, that was almost like. That was like it. Like, that was it. From that point on, D'Antonio started chilling because that 2016 class came in and that was a complete, a complete disaster. Complete disaster. And then you go from that and then you go to, what was it, 3 and 9? And then you, then you go 10 and 3, right? You go ten and three for no reason at all whatsoever. I think that ten and three year was fool's gold, and that really hurt Michigan State from really transitioning to another coach. And it it just felt like the whole staff was just chilling, collecting a paycheck. Seven and six, seven and six, basically no changes at all whatsoever. Until now, everyone's been gutted. The lineup has been gutted. The roster has been gutted completely, and and you know Tucker, you know I've you know I've I've seen people say you know he was left a, a bare cupboard. Like like no, he was not. He has to build the cupboard first. Like everything was gutted. Everything he has to go back to the framework. So I'm not even gonna get on him about recruiting for like the next couple years. Um, Especially this year, maybe next year, but for this year in quarantine, in lockdown, he's been there for what four months, and um, and you know he's still not the highest rating players, but he's still in the top thirty nationally. So I'm not going to get on him at all. Um, not for this year. Next year, I'll start to talk about it maybe, um, but still. Top 30, I know that he's getting a lot of recruits right now, which will change over time due to other teams starting to get higher recruits, and that'll bump them down. We'll see how they finish out, but they just got um, a quarterback and not ranked very high. But still, they have a higher-ranked defensive player than Michigan, which is weird. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All up to 24 hours a day and all online. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Let's talk some hoops. 
All right, so Jamar is going back on the recruiting trail. Uh, missed out on pretty much um, the the shooting guard, combo guard position that he was looking at for the grad transfer route. Uh, Justin Kyer chose Georgia. I don't mind that miss at all whatsoever. Um, when some of these guys are getting recruited, I, I don't like to be brutally honest, but when they finally choose their destination, you know, I'm all for it. So his shooting really worried me, and I don't think he was worth having for a year to um, to take away Zeb Jackson's opportunity or anybody else who's on the roster. Um, I think um, I think that was a that was actually a good miss. I don't mind that he had really nice layup packages. Played a lot like that Andres Feliz kid from Illinois. Um, really good kid, though. Really great story, if you look it up. Uh, but still, I, I, just, I just don't mind that miss. Um, too, many, too, many, too many question marks about, uh, about what he would bring to the, to the uh, table. And it's kind of like you, you just you know, rock... Rock with you guys for right now. It's going to be a younger team. You know, Franz is coming back. That's always a plus. Uh, we'll see what Livers does now. Um, if Livers returns, just know that Michigan still has a scholarship open. Uh, if Livers leaves, now that now Michigan will have two scholarships open. So, um, a lot to look at there. So he could, Jawan could be looking at a re- like a re- reclassification from a kid like. I think his name is like Efton Reed. This is off the cuff. When I do these, I very rarely like like go back and edit. I just send it off to the editor and that's it. So sorry if I'm like rambling. Um, kid named Efton Reed, I believe he's 6'11 in the 2021 class. He's looking at rec- reclassifying. Uh, I know that uh, Juwan talked to him. He's, he's about 6'11, five-star. Uh, let me see if I can, if I can find him right quick for you guys. Uh, his name is Efton Reed, uh, 6'11", 245 pound center, ranked number 20 in the country for the 2021 class from Richmond, Virginia. So, Juwan's been, been talking with him and, um, I feel like he's really moved on to the 2021 class in terms of recruitment. You know, he's off, he just offered, uh, Number two kid in the country, Chet Holmgren. He's like a seven foot, hundred ninety pound unicorn. It's like a guard and like a he's like slender man's body. Dude is dude is really good. Very very talented. Um, he also just had Jaden Hardy on like a little virtual visit. Uh, Jaden Hardy kid, whose whose older brother Amari Hardy. Uh, they actually they're actually from Michigan, but then once Amari. Committed out to UNLV. Their whole family moved out there just to be around him and support him throughout that throughout that time. Um, so you saw Hardy go to school out there. Um, Hardy's a top ten kid, top ten talent. Now number one or two shooting guard in his class. Very good player. Uh, number twenty seven, Jalen Worley is a combo guard. I believe he's out east. I think he's out east coast. I think he's from like Philadelphia, maybe. I want to say. Let me look that up right quick. <laughs> uh, 
I told you, man, all this stuff is off the cuff. Because I'm just talking to y'all, you know? I'm just talking. We haven't really, really, you know, talked like the last week. Yeah, so he's from Norristown, Pennsylvania, wherever that is. Um, let me look up where, where, where Norristown is. Let's see if that's a little Philly Connect. A uh, little Philly Connect. little Philly Connect. Is it? Is it? Is it? It is. It is a suburb of Philadelphia, Norristown. So he's offered him. And um, right now it's pretty quiet. It's pretty chill. I really thought that they would go in on uh, that uh, Jose Perez kid out of Gardner Webb. Very good player. Uh, but it looks like um, Perez put in his top 10 recently and Michigan was not included. And I'm very, very surprised he didn't attack him. I thought, in my opinion, he was uh, – um, that's like a top five grad transfer you want to go after, especially if you're trying to fill a combo guard spot. That that was the one who you needed to get and go after. Um, Michigan State, uh, Aaron Henry, uh, he declared for the NBA draft, keep keeping his eligibility, and uh, it's. <laughs> I saw this one tweet. <laughs> I think uh, Spartan Avenue quoted it. It was like, you're crazy. But, like, this Michigan State fan, like, lost his mind. He was like, if he stays in the draft, the season's not worth playing. I'm like, what? What is this? (laughs) Not worth playing? Like, Like, that dude could never be a Michigan fan. Never. All the dudes who leave and get drafted high... <laughs> ready or, Michigan dudes be like ready or not here I come. Everyone hates on him for three months and then they end up going like top twenty five in the NBA draft. Then they got to eat crow because I'm gonna find what they say and then we have and then then we clown them and have fun. But uh, so he's NBA draft. Kareem and Nay announced that he was going to the NBA. Also keeping his eligibility. Mane is really old, guys. He turns 20 uh, in less than a month. So that dude is really, really old. I don't, like, like that's not surprising. But, um, but yeah. Also, Michigan State landed Pierre, Pierre Brooks. In my opinion, he's the, he's the best player in the 2021 class. Very underrated Um as a top 100 player, he's he's already rated as top 100, um, but he should be like right around 50 or so. Um, really good basketball player. Now, uh, Michigan State is looking at Jaden Akins. Jaden Akins is a very good player as well, too. Both of their breakdowns are on my YouTube page, if you check it out. Um, Pierre Brooks is on there, and so is Jaden Akins. And... Um, it's weird because there's not like there's not much coaches can do right now. That's why it's so quiet, and and that's unfortunate, you know, due to missing these past couple of sessions. And you know, kids are just you know kids are trying to you know they're trying to do their due diligence and getting in in contact with as many coaches as as possible too. And um, not a lot of recruiting content right now because you know nobody's blowing up and. Uh, I was talking to Chris Castellani the other day how you have a guy like Colin Sexton goes from a nobody to averaging, 
you know, 30 and leading everyone in scoring on the uh, EYBL circuit. So it goes from a nobody, pretty much not ranked, to a top 10 player, one and done. I mean, that's just what happens. And it's unfortunate that when, you know, there are no, there's going to be no stories like that this year, unfortunately. And, um, yeah, that's why recruiting has been really dry. And, you know, this, this, you know, virtual stuff is, you know, dope. It's cool. Um, it shows you how far technology has come, but still there's nothing like that in-person, um, experience. And there's so many things that, you know, you can't, you can't portray through a phone. You can't portray through a computer, whether it's personable or whether it's, you know, showing off your facilities and what you can do or your gear or, or anything like that. How many times have, have, you know, you've been somewhere that was super nice and it was gorgeous and you, and you took a picture. Then two days later, you go, you go back and see that picture and you're like, it didn't look like this or it did, but. Man, it just doesn't have that same impact, that same effect. So that's what's kind of happening there, man. Um, NFL draft was this past weekend, and if you guys haven't, you know, don't know where guys went. So for Michigan State, uh, Josiah Scott went to the Jaguars at pick one thirty-seven. Uh, Willikus went to the Vikings at uh, two at pick two twenty-five. Uh, they have six guys who were signed to as undrafted free agents. I believe Lowerky is going to the Pets. Um, Raquan Williams, I can't believe he didn't get drafted. That dude was that dude was a an animal. I would have thought at least like 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 sixth round. Um, Mike Ponisuk is going to be with the Raiders. Bocchi's with the Saints. Uh, Cody White's with the Chiefs. Stewart's with the Packers. Higby's with the Vikings. Um, surprised that the Packers didn't take any uh, wide receivers. They didn't draft any. Like, I don't know what they're trying to do with Aaron Rodgers. Piss him off or something. But uh, Daryl Stewart has a great opportunity to stick there, especially with, you know, they need offensive weapons, but decided not to pick offensive weapons, which is strange. Um, but they took a quarterback. Like, in the first round, <laughs> Jordan Love from Utah State. Um, they got a running back, a tight end. Like, those are all the weapons that they gave Aaron Rodgers. So, Daryl Stewart has a really nice chance and a really nice opportunity there with the with the uh, uh, Packers. Uh, Michigan, they had, uh, they had, what, like 10 guys drafted? Number 24. The 24th pick was Cesar Ruiz with the Saints, which is I am happy for the Michigan program for one reason only. When, you know, outside of, you know, you know Rashawn Gary, Jabril Peppers, those guys are from Jersey. Um, Cesar Ruiz is from Camden, New Jersey. They've got a lot of kids from New Jersey that did not pan out very well, man. Uh, so I am glad I am I am I am super glad that uh, Cesar Ruiz was able to come to Michigan. People were excited, and he did his job, and he did his job very very well. And I'm um, glad to see him go to where he's at. 
60th pick, uh, Uche is with the Pats. Ben Bredesen went 44 to the Ravens. Kalik Hudson uh, went to the Redskins at 162. Mike Dana, good for him. Grad, grad transfer from Central, uh, 177 with the Chiefs. Michael Owenu, uh, Pats, 182. Uh, David Peoples-Jones, he slipped down to the sixth round, uh, 187 with the Browns. 192 is Runyon Jr. with the Packers. Uh, 205 is Metellus with the Vikings. Uh, Jordan Glasgow, uh, 213 with the Colts. Undrafted free agent, uh, Lavert Hills with the Chiefs. Uh, Undrafted free agent, McCown with Dallas. If you listen to this and you're still listening, thank you. But if I were to if if I were to give you two sentences, which one would be less believable? Donovan Peoples Jones will slip to the sixth round of the NFL draft, or Lavert Hill will go undrafted. Which one would would you find least believable? Like this dude is on something; he doesn't know what he's talking about. Let me know. Um. The def- the offensive staff was uh was kinda upset. Kind of upset with your boy. Over one of the most non threatening tweets of all time. When I say non threatening, I mean like I said it in a way where I realize, no, I'm like, holy crap. Like, they're the whole offensive line pretty much is about to get drafted this year. And then Jalen Mayfield for next year is projected to go in day one. (laughs) He's going to be day one, the latest day two next year. So I'm like, I'm like, okay. So we have a line, we have a line that has done well, right? So me being a football casual, uh, I chose to because there's people who um, have played football all their lives, and maybe they didn't play at a high level, but they've studied it, they've watched it, so they know a lot more than me. So when things don't make sense to me, I always reach out. Just under, just. Just understand that. So all I said is this is not verbatim because I don't have the tweet in front of me. But all I said was, you know, like almost the whole offensive line just got drafted. Why wasn't there more run production? Which is valid. Is that is that not valid? And that is, and it's got to be. It's got to be a combination of multiple things to be that talented up front, but not, you know, produce the way that you thought that you would. Man. So, hold on. Did I say Ben Bredesen went 143? That was, went 43? That's a, that's a typo. I believe he went, sorry, sorry, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Where did he go? Did he go 143? Was that a typo on my end? 
Because I do have little notes here. And I just looked at it. And I just want to make sure that uh, that I get that over to you, right? <clears throat> he went 143. 143. I wrote 43. I'm not sure what I said, but um, I don't know. He went 143, not 43. My bad. Okay, so back to that tweet. So very non-threatening. I don't have the tweet in, in front of me, but I said, you know, you know, you know, our front line got drafted. Why didn't our our running produce more? Valid question. In my opinion, valid question. And I'm not trolling. Like, there was no trolling involved. I really wanted to know. And, um, so I tweeted that. And then, usually when I when I tweet something thought-provoking or I get questions, I put my phone down. Something about me. I, I like, I check my notifications just to like refresh my page and then every now and then I'll look through my timeline and I'll look through the replies in some of my tweets so I pick the phone back up and I get a message there they were like why is the office of staff in your mentions right now. I'm like, what are you talking about? And they send me the tweet. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> what? And so I read it. And then, like, I was like, all right. I can, I can approach this in several different ways. Several. I can not respond. I can just be a complete troll and just be a straight jerk about things and really spark some wild stuff. Um, I could choose to be like, hey, sorry, like, but that's just not me. So I'd, I kind of sat back and I'm like, okay, all right. Then he re- then he like re- then he like double tweeted he like replied to to himself saying like I am not in my own feelings I'm like who said that the only people who have to go out of their way and say that are people who are in their own feelings you know what that reminds me of you know that one meme where like it's like a crying it's like a super crying face but then there's like a mask that there's like nothing wrong that's over it that's what that reminds me of and it was it feels like it's been building for a long time i don't think this is something like i think that that they were already at like a tipping point because they hear the things that people are saying they see it. I guarantee. I guarantee you. All the Shea Patterson slander. They see it and they feel it. You think Shea Patterson feels bad? Those coaches feel worse. Trust me. All those things. 
that people say, they feel it because they feel that that you know like like they failed him. The fact that he hasn't been picked up yet. This is as of like this is as of like seven a.m. Let me check right quick just to make sure if he's been picked up already. I mean, you already have Brian Lewerke signed. Brian Lewerke's already signed, and I'm not sure if Shea is going through different. Not sure if Shea is going through different, you know, offers or you know, there's a bidding war going on. I'm not sure what's happening, but they see it. They see it all the time. They see the offensive and run production, and they they see the blowouts, and they see all this stuff, man. They see all this stuff. And I think my tweet, as non-threatening as it was, it was like that, you know how like your cup is about to run over, right? And then if you drop one more little drop in there, it just, the whole thing just explodes. I think that's what happened. I think they they saw my tweet at the wrong time. And um, I feel like their, that tweet, the, the one that Gaddis did to me, I don't think that was to me. And I don't think that was... It's it's almost like he responded knowing people would see it, but he was in a reply to me. He was talking to everyone, if that makes sense. And the person that he was least talking to, I believe, was me. And um, and I think that he knew based on. Based on my, based on the the platform and based on my page, I think that he felt if he responds, like that's gonna answer a lot of people's questions without having to directly speak to them. So I think that's what what that was about. You know what? And and I don't and I don't blame him. Just know, hey, if you're a coach out there and you're listening, whatever, dude. You, you can tweet at me all day, but if you come at me sideways, <laughs> yeah, if you come at me sideways, gonna have a problem. Point blank. I don't care who you are. I do not care. You want to keep it cordial? Please. Hey, do your thing. Do your thing. Um, You know, Jay Harbaugh, you know, someone... Someone, someone was like, that's all Jay Harbaugh. Where you at, fam? And he came in there like, what's up? I'm right here. <laughs> oh, man. So my tweet most definitely was, you know, got to text messages and direct messages. And that's just what happens, man. That's what happens. People wonder all the time, like, you know, like, how did you see this tweet? I get... DMs and texts all the time. It's like, hey, yo, what do you think about this? Hey, check this out. Because part of it is like they want to see how I react to it. But um, but yeah, man, I get I get stuff all the time. So I have a lot of eyes out there, and I appreciate you guys for like sending me stuff that like uh, you want me to either react to or 
engage with or, you know, check out because it's so ridiculous. But, you know, that's kind of how that happens. So it wasn't, he wasn't on my timeline. I guarantee you, he was not on my timeline. He wasn't like, oh, what, what's, what's, what's Ed talking about today? That's not what he was doing. Guar- guarantee you, he was sent a text or he was sent a direct message Say, hey, what do you think about this? You should read some of the replies, blah, 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 blah. And then um, and then from there, I think he answered a lot of replies just by responding to me. And as if it was a thread, a forum thread, just commenting to the commenting about the tweet, less about me, more about the people who had very, very loud um loud opinions whether you know true or true or uh, false and um yeah tweet me anytime you want to just don't come at me sideways or you know we have a problem thank you guys for, for listening in really appreciate it man uh stay safe social distancing social distancing is always a good thing um stay safe man Wash your hands.